Happy New Year, everybody. Happy 2020, 2020. We're here. We're back. We made it. This is episode 113 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony. Sitting right across from me, as always, is my pal, DeQuincy. Hey, guys. Look at us. Actually doing a podcast in the new year. No, Nothing broke this year. <laughs> right. I'm sorry if I sound a little out of breath at the beginning. I'm just getting back from the gym, you know, keeping up with my New Year's resolution. Working on the gains. Trying. I'm trying. But we start this episode with breaking news, perhaps. Oh, go ahead. Is it all but confirmed that CM Punk will be returning to WWE? I think so. If you saw the news the other day, on Monday actually, that WWE ice cream sandwiches are coming to stores near you. And I feel like breaking news like that, it all but confirms that that the uh, the cult of personality, the, the second city saint, the voice of the voiceless is coming back to pro wrestling. Okay. Did you hear that story? I saw it on Twitter, but... No, oh, okay. My feeling about um, if it's not NXT, I, I'm, I'm really not paying too much attention to it. <laughs> okay. Like, I didn't expect that kind of start, that kind of breaking, earth-shattering news. No, I'll, I'll jump back into it full-time after the Royal Rumble. Once it, it seems, once they have their plans set for WrestleMania, right now I'm like... Oh, something happened, or I don't like. I love CM Punk, but now I'm like, I don't. Unless he's in, unless he's lim- in the ring wrestling, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, they've kind of hit that wall at this point. You know, it's you know, it, it's exciting though because it's like you you know that like Mania season is coming up and things will start kicking back up. So mm-hmm. just kind of playing it by ear at this point. But in all seriousness, all jokes aside, uh, what we're really here to talk about. Uh, some football, the old pigskin. Yes, we're here to NFL talk. NFL playoffs are going on. The reason that we had to delay the podcast for seventy-two hours, we had to give your voice a chance to heal. Oh man, you're not kidding. I'm. I feel a lot better. I, I, I think I guess I'm sounding back to complete normal. How do you? What do you think? Yeah, you you sound, <laughs> you sound better than you sound um, on that Saturday leave in the stadium. Yeah. If you didn't know, Anthony went to the Texans uh, wild card game against the Buffalo Bills this past Saturday. Um, damn near lost his voice, so that's why we had to postpone the podcast until Wednesday night. Yeah, and man, <laughs> what an experience that was. And to start my first Texans game. I was just about to ask that too. Yeah, I've been to I used to go to a you know, a bunch of Houston Oilers games back in the nineties when I was a little boy, but um uh you know, Oilers went away, of course. The Texans came roaring back in 2002. I don't know. Um, sure. And I just I, – I never had a chance to go. I just never had the opportunity to go. And, um, man, I was very fortunate. My uncle called me up and said he had extra tickets if I wanted them. And I called up a friend. And I was like, man, I'm there. And, uh, boy, what a first game to go to. Yes, you had a great game. You know, I've never been to a Texans game before. I've been to every – I've been, you know, thousands of baseball games. I've been yeah. to a, a bunch of Rocket games. I've never been to a Texas game. In fact, I've never been – I never went to an Oilers game. For me, oh, like, when I was younger, I loved basketball more than anything. And then, you mm-hmm. know, we started working with the Astros. And going to a baseball, 
you know, a ballpark. It's such an event. And I, I don't like, I don't feel that way towards a football stadium. I feel like my better option is just staying home and watching it on TV because I live right by the stadium. So every time there's a game, that traffic is just killer, man. You know what you're missing out on. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, a baseball game, especially in Houston, you know, well, at least six years ago, wasn't, you know, packed every night. Plus, there's, you know, 81 games during the summer. That's, you know, a game almost every night for six months. So it's like, it's especially here, it's kind of like unreasonable to expect the stadium is going to be filled night in and night out. But with football, there's only eight home games a year. And it's a 70,000-seat stadium, and they fill it up every game. It's insane. Yeah, it's like, for me, that's too many people. Uh, that's like, And then if I take my son, you, God knows he wants to eat everything in sight. And so that's $50 right there <laughs> yeah. for food and drinks. And even though I don't pay for parking, it's like, can I just stay home and, you know, grill something? And, and that's, Yeah, I mean – it's, it's like half of me being a cheapskate and half of me just being like, I pay a lot of money. Yeah, being comfortable. I'm like, I pay a lot of money for this, for this HD TV. Right. <laughs> Let me stay here and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not knocking the experience. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, um, if you get a chance to go, for sure, do it. Like, I was like, yeah, just I had me. a chance. Tell us Finally about had a your experience, man. Just tell us about your experience. Well, let, all right, here's, here's, the, here's the start. Uh-huh. And it started with uh, me inviting a friend who had to work on Saturday afternoon. So automatically I knew we were going to be – we weren't going to be there for the start of kickoff. And, man, am I glad we didn't get there at the start of kickoff. <laughs> Parking was insane. I mean, we got there probably close to 4 o'clock which is already, you know, basically the first quarter. Yeah. You get there at 4 o'clock, missed definitely the first quarter, walking to the stadium and getting in the stadium takes another 15, 20 minutes or so. So, like, we get there and we get through the gates. And now, mind you, my uncle gave me tickets – He's very generous to give me those tickets. Um, but they were in section 620. So the very top of the stadium, which is totally cool. I mean, like just being there is like awesome enough. And, you know, it's exciting enough. Like I don't – plus, like, again, it's my first game. I don't really know what this, the, the layout is like of the stadium. Mm-hmm. So it's like anywhere is going to be cool, like just – you know, experiencing it. And then it kind of gives you an idea of like, oh, maybe I want to sit there next time or try and get these, you know, go for that next time or whatever. So we're sitting in section, our tickets are in section 620. We are looking for an elevator to uh, make the trek up. (laughs) Nosebleeds. Right. So we get on the, the ramp, we get on this ramp that the ramp goes all the way up the stadium, every level of the stadium. But we're like, no, 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 we're going to go the first level, I guess the main concourse, you know, it'd be considered the main concourse, the 100 section. And just before we get into the, into the doors, into the concourse, we're still mm-hmm. on the ramp. I didn't tell you this part. Oh. Uh, a man and a woman mm-hmm. are walking out the door. And the guy comes up to me. 
And he just says, y'all, he's just very bluntly, y'all getting here? Y'all just getting here? And I was kind of taken aback. I was like, what's going on? Like, what? What is he saying? Like, I'm, I'm trying to focus on, like, how to get to my seat. And he just starts talking, like, y'all just getting here? And I was like, yeah, but we're, we're going up to the, to the top. He goes, oh, y'all just getting here? I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, we're just getting here. He goes, well, here, take our tickets. He was what? Like, yeah. <laughs> he goes, man, my wife over here, he points to his wife. She's pregnant. She's not having a good time. You know, the game here, you know, kind of mentions the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. But mostly she's pregnant, you know, she's not feeling too great. She was like, or he said, you know, there were some drunk folks that were kind of getting a little too rowdy. So she was ready to go. And, you know, he didn't seem like he was ready to go. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, especially for your for your kid. <laughs> yeah. If you're, uh, unborn if you're, or not. <laughs> if, you're, if your pregnant wife says it's time to go, it's time to go. <laughs> it's time to go. So he hands me two tickets. They're in section 117, right behind the goalpost. Uh, like five rows up from the goalpost. And I was like, what? I was like, oh my gosh. Like I was trying to shake the guy's hand, but he kept explaining, you know. So it looked bad. Like the optics looked bad. Like I was sticking out my hand. Mm-hmm. Like I extended my hand trying to shake his hand, but he wouldn't shake my hand. He was still still telling me what was going on. So it looked like I was just like waiting for him to hand me the tickets. But I was like, no, no, like I'm trying to shake your hand. Like shake my hand. <laughs> my hand is hanging out way too long, <laughs> longer than it needs to be. I got to be so honest. He hands when, me- when you told me that a guy walked up to you, I was like, well, this is about to go into a racial place. Did Anthony have to be like <laughs> – no, he's Hispanic, fellow fellow Hispanic. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so he handed me the tickets. I shook his hand. I thanked him. Um, and we went looking for our seats. And we were, you know, we walked a few sections over from, like, the entrance when we walked in. And go to the usher. Like, hey, uh, what side do I need to go, go on? She's like, just go all the way down. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, it's unbelievable. If you look at my Instagram, uh, not that – not Elric, N-O-T-E-L-R-I-C. Um, I posted a video of the game-winning field goal. And, like, that's, you know, I mean, obviously they were on the other end of the, of the end zone, on the other end zone. But, uh, you know, we were super close, like, when the ball was on this side. It was insane, dude. The folks that he was probably talking about, mm-hmm. kind of drunk, got into a little bit of a scuffle. Um, but everybody kind of policed themselves because it's like there's obviously a lot of season ticket hol- season ticket holders in that area, so it's like a lot of self policing and you know kind of just kind of looking around, keeping an eye out for each other and stuff like that. Um, here's where the whole thing of like seventy thousand people really comes into play, and like and th- okay, and also we get to our seats. There's literally 45 seconds left in the second quarter. (laughs) So everything that can go wrong has gone wrong in the game. Has gone wrong. We got there just in time to see T-Pain at the halftime for the halftime performance. Um, But I I tell you, man, how tall are you? About six foot. Okay. Six foot even. We're in seats nine and ten. Mm -hmm. Seat ten. I take seat 10 right next to me is seat 11. The guy towers over you, man. Like, I mean, just a monster of a dude. Nice guy. 
but I'm like, oh my gosh, and I'm crammed the whole game. I mean, he he's like he's not fat, like he's not like a, but he's spilling over into my seat. Like he's mm-hmm. just a large. He looked like he played football. I was very tempted to ask him like if he was a former player or something because this guy was ginormous. And he was like not even he was sitting down and he was like at my eye level. I was like, I could take him. And then he stood up and it's like, oh no, no, I can't wouldn't be able to take this guy. Like this guy's just a monster. If there was a fight, <laughs> there'd be two hits, him hitting you and you hitting the ground. Oh man, he he became my new best friend because I'm like, if anything goes down, like this is gonna be my guy. Like he's he's gonna, you know, we're we're looking to him to get us out. If a ride starts, he's your lead blocker. Oh, he's he's quelling the riot, dude. <laughs> he is he's putting a stop to it. But you know, nice guy, like you know, again, but crowding me for most of the game. Um, but you know, it's okay. Like most people were standing up throughout the game and sit down during lulls and stuff like that. But man, watching the game, uh, second half started, we get off to a bad start. They kick a field goal, so it's sixteen to nothing by then. And then we start making that comeback, man. And as far as the game goes, I mean, it was just incredible, dude. That – this man, the way we played, the way Watson – Deshaun Watson was, you know – I mean, he was doing it all, man. He was making the passes he needed to. He was, you know, making big running plays, you know, that, that got, us, got us out of jams, including the most spectacular play and probably – the greatest play in the history of the Texans organization. Well, before we get before we get that um, there, let's talk about the first half where everything was going wrong. I got to tell you, when uh, the game is the game first started, I was in the shower, you know, it was getting ready, and I just lost track of time. And so I get out the shower and I catch the replay of Josh Allen catching the touchdown pass. <laughs> and so when that happens. I'm like, well, I already know what kind of game this is going to be. And so after that, the Texans, their offensive just really couldn't get anything anything going. And Josh Allen, you know, for all his warts and faults, he was – and the offense was going up and down the field. It was so – like, it was so bad for me. Like, I had to stop watching the game, you know, full fo- focus and starting building um, Lego sets with my son because <laughs> – those tiny ass Legos were the only thing that were keeping me sane. Because <laughs> watching that oh game, goodness. watching like <laughs> watching the Texans make the same mistakes. Like, how many times can they run on first down before you know Bill O'Brien gets the idea to do a play action or some kind of pass or anything? It just boggles my mind. So yes, mm-hmm. I had to build a goddamn Lego set. <laughs> To calm my nerves, and uh, this is what football does to you. It just, it just, especially down in Texas, it just kills you. But yeah, let's go on. To, move on to the second half, especially this team. Yeah, because one th- week they're hot, one week they're not, and it's you just never know what you're gonna what you're gonna get from this team. I said this on Twitter. I say this on a podcast. The Texans win in spite of Bill O'Brien and not because of him. One hundred percent. I, you know, it's thirteen to nothing at half, and I'm thinking, man, if we lose, if we lose this game, he's got to go. You know like, what? I thought that last year when they got Molly Watt by the Colts, and he somehow ended up with more damn power. So I'm watching this game, and I said again, I said it on Twitter, well, they're gonna lose this game, and he's gonna end up being co-owner. 
<laughs> I, I mean, very, he's on I his was, way. I was very bitter in the first half. Of course. I was like, oh, man, okay, well, I'm here for the second half. Let's see, see what they've got. Maybe we'll, you know, maybe we'll be a, a good luck charm. And, man, were we ever – or at least, you know, I don't take any credit for it, but, you know, you I, take, whatever. You can take all the credit. The game really <laughs> turned around once um, y'all got there and started paying attention. Um, one play I really want to talk about is the – oh, man, I lost – I'm sorry, I'm an ESPN right now looking up the – all the plays in the game, but the field goal that Buffalo got to make it 16 to zero and that play by JJ Watt to sack them and take them out of touchdown range. Mm-hmm. Now in the stadium, did, was there a feeling of like this, this could be the change that we were looking for? Yes, because, because like if, bummed, if they score that touchdown and go 21, nothing is a wrap. That's it. Yeah. And I feel like it calmed enough people down. We're like, okay, it's just a field goal. We're, I was even saying, like, we're still in this game. Like, it's still a two, like a two-possession game. And then the first touchdown that we score, we converted on the two-point – like, we converted the two-point conversion. So, yeah, I was so like, we're definitely in this game. But the, the giving up that field goal – I'm sorry, the touchdown where Watson literally dragged two guys into the end zone with him. Yes. Insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, it's only it's only a field goal. You know, it's something that we can that we can still overcome. You know, it's not insurmountable. There's still a lot of time left in this game. And man, that's that's all we needed. It was just time. Time for the team to finally put it together. And having J.J. Watt out there made a huge difference in terms of the energy. I mean, the guy is the ultimate hype man for, for Houston sports. I mean, this guy knows how to get these folks up and at him. Yeah, the crowd was – as soon as the Texans got back in the game, the crowd was right there behind them, pumped up yeah. and energized. Uh, going back to J- to JJ Watt, I mean, I think we've said this over the entire season. There are two completely different teams with or and without him, mm-hmm. and you can tell as soon, when he's on the, when he's on the field, the entire offensive line is shaded towards him. He can he's getting double teamed, which makes it easier for the other guys on the line to win their one on one battles like Reader and Merciless, and you know when the quarterback doesn't have 12 years in the pockets to throw, it means the DBs don't have to work so hard. It makes it easier right. for everyone involved. I and, saw someone, someone posted okay. a screenshot. Mm-hmm. Like they paused their, their TV. It was a screenshot of four guys on JJ Watt. <laughs> four offensive linemen. And the fifth one was like blocking uh, someone else on the side. Unbelievable the difference that this guy made. Yeah. And, you know, he's the guy, like, especially with uh, Clowney no longer being on the team, which is a trade I'm still a little peeved about. He is the straw that stirs the entire dream when it comes to that defense. Absolutely. Makes it easier for everyone else 
on that team. And, you know, you could, t- you could tell the difference between when it was first and second down and the Texans could barely get a stop and then third down where, like you said, the Buffalo Bills had everybody on the offensive line shaded towards them. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm not – it's not just J.J. Watt, although we appreciate it. We got to talk about Deshaun Watson. I'm telling you, that play in overtime was, I guess, like, I'm, I'm sticking to it, the greatest play, better than the helicopter play of, like, 07 or whatever, 08, like, Sage Rosenfels. Of course it's better. He fumbled the ball. We lost that game. <laughs> oh, okay. That's right. I forgot. Okay. I'm glad you remember that. I just remember uh, him being I, a helicopter. No, I remember the helicopter. For He was running for some reason. He got hit. He did like three spins, lost the ball. <laughs> and I can't remember if the Colts were, uh, took it back for a touchdown or not. But I do remember the Texans were ahead in that game and lost. In spectacular okay. Fashion. Well, then it is hands down the greatest play I've this team has ever seen. I mean, he was he was sacked by two. Def- I mean, both defenders were had their hands on him. Everybody was sitting down. I was sitting down, and really, uh, you could kind of tell. All right, well, he's going to get sacked, and he broke those two tackles, and everybody in the stadium jumped. I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. He broke both of those defenders' sacks or sack attempt mm-hmm. attempts and got the first down. It was – And not just the first down, 34-yard pass yeah. to uh, Jones. And the funny part is if, if either one of the defenders, if they hit him by themselves, it's a sack. The fact that the, the DB knocked him into the lineman, which made – which, you know, thanks to physics, kept him up. It was out of the matrix. I mean, it was something out of the matrix, man. <laughs> Like, holy crap. Like, you know, I just, ah, man, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Again, just one of the most unbelievable plays I've ever seen, probably in sports, especially live. Definitely the the best live moments I've ever seen. It's, it was crazy. I think that might be the second greatest sports, well, Houston sports moment that you know I've as I seen it's not the uh the best one I ever saw what lie was that no hitter against the Dodgers a couple of years ago by the pitcher who shall not be named. Oh that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kick rocks. Kick rocks, pound sand and pump gas. But continuing, Deshaun Watson, when he came out of Clemson, Dabble Sweeney, another man who I cannot stand, basically compared him to Michael Jordan, called him the Michael Jordan of the NFL. And you know what he did last Saturday is Jordan-esque. That's the only way I can put it. Dabo hit it on the nose on that one. Yeah. Look at Dabo being right for once. Um, anything else you got to say about this game, man? Uh, I – the officiating was awful. I mean – I mean, my God, it's been that way since week one. Yeah, I mean, no, no surprise there, but boy, that was brutal watching at times. And boy, these these fans, <laughs> these fans make no bones about how much they hate the refs at times. Oh, and I don't understand. Like we all see it's bad, and they don't make any attempts to make it better. But my and my thing is, 
like those referees are what 40 50 years old yeah and you're relying on their eyesight to make plays <laughs> and stuff when's the last time you ever felt comfortable with a 50 year old person making split second decisions let me know <laughs> all right <laughs> uh, i'm so, i'm sorry to those those men and and uniform but we need to get some younger younger referees with better vision and you know better decision making cuz it's it's just Every time in every game, it's just they just look feeble. Or look more feeble. The boomers have to go, man. Yeah, eat the boomers. Oh, oh sorry, went too far. Uh, yeah, you talk about referee. You talk about Deshaun Watson, JJY. Um, let's look forward. And this Sunday, they have, they go to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. How are you feeling? I I gotta feel good. I mean, we've beaten the Chiefs in Kansas City already this season. Um, JJ Watt is back. I mean, he's he'll be in that game. He I don't think he played that uh, Kansas City game. You know, what? I, I was wondering that myself. I'm gonna look it up right now. Go ahead, keep talking while I look against the Chiefs. And we're expected to we're expected to get Will Fuller back. Which, you know, don't say that out loud. You jinx it. Just cross your fingers and hope it. Right. I mean, his hands aside, but JJ did play the game, had two tackles and a quarterback hit. I think that might have been the last game before he went out. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I remember that game, we got to Patrick Mahomes multiple times. So I feel like. We've we've got some momentum going for us. Uh, we know how to win in that stadium, mm-hmm. and this is the year I feel like that anything is possible. I mean, look what our look what happened Saturday night after the Texans game. I oh, mean, we'll talk about that. Believe you me. Yeah. The only thing that gives me pause is that. The game that the Texans won against the Chiefs, the Chiefs weren't 100% healthy. Mahomes was coming off of his um, – was that his knee or his ankle? No, it was ankle. He was coming ankle. off yeah. an ankle, ankle injury. They were missing key personnel as well. And there's a reason why the Chiefs are a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. <laughs> but, honestly, you know, I'm – I feel like you feel – I think as long – you know, as long as you got Deshaun Watson, you have a chance. And, you know, I'm hope, I'm hoping that Fuller comes back. I don't have any wood near me, so, so knock on hope. But I'm hoping that he comes back. He, he did uh, practice with uh, – thank you. He did practice with Deshaun um, before – before the Bills game and, you know, even though it was half speed, it was good to see him out there, you know, at least jogging for the ball. So I hope yeah, he's I mean, there. I just – If I anything, I, just, to, just to serve as a yeah, deep decoy. ball threat. I, just, yeah, I, I, I just don't know what to do with that dude. I know they picked up his option for next year, but uh, next year is going to approve a year. If he doesn't stay healthy for all 16, I think they're going to go into – the 2021 draft looking for a replacement. I think I think he's gone if he can't stay healthy next year. I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta 
You got to get Watt, Watson more help. You need and Hopkins. I mean, you know, it's a it's a on paper it looks like a good combination because you know Watson is or uh, Hopkins is such a dynamic receiver and. Fuller, I mean, just has the ability to just break away and go deep. And that definitely takes pressure off Hopkins. Yeah, just have, like, there's a stat out there that shows Watson's, how he plays with Fuller on and off the field, and it's night and day how much better he is when Fuller's on the field and able to open open up the field for you know, guys like we say Hopkins for steals, QT whenever he gets out of the doghouse. And I hope this guy can stay healthy for, you know, the rest of the playoff run and next year. But oof. let's see. He's never played 16 games in a season. The highest he got was 14 his rookie year. And yeah. shoot, the last three years, he hasn't played more than 11 games. How have his hands gotten since then? Because that, that was the thing that I remember his rookie year was that he he had that deep ball threat. He would get way downfield and he just couldn't make the catch. <laughs> it's the same issue. He's gotten a little bit better, but the Chief game that we were talking about earlier, the one they won, he had two d- drops that I remember. And I remember one drop was going to be a guaranteed touchdown that he just couldn't really. Yeah, see, that's frustrating. That's you know, it's like the guy has all that speed and the, the hands are just still aren't there completely. It's like you're, you're a wide receiver. That's your one job. And you can't, you know what happens to wide receivers who can't catch? They become cornerbacks. <laughs> all right. But, uh, okay, so we're, we're, hope, we're hopeful. Cost, uh, optimistically hopeful, let's say. Cautious right. optimism. There you go. That's what I was looking for. Look at you. You saw smile with your big words. All right. You, you want said, to- uh, real quick, you said Kansas City is the, a nine-point favorite? Nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Jeez. Okay, so let's make a prediction. What do you think? This game is either going to go one or two ways. Either the Texans are going to get blown out by three touchdowns because the the Chiefs will just run up and down the field on them, or it's going to be a close game that the Texans blow in the last two minutes because Bill O'Brien is an idiot. The, those are my two predictions. If I had, if I had to predict, if I actually had to wager money on this, on this game, I would definitely wager the Chiefs winning. Uh, I think I still take the nine and a half for the, um, Wow. I still take the nine and a half for the Texans just because I think Watson has the ability to keep it close. If they, if they lose big, this is just – I'm going to go straight across the street and find Bill O'Brien and just drag him out of the stadium. <laughs> what about you? How are you feeling? Just, I mean, after what I saw, I feel good. I'm going to stick with the home team. Uh, heart over logic, I guess. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with the Texans. Like I said, and plus, like, you know, the fact that I've seen this team get to Mahomes in the past, whether he was com- completely healthy or not, like, we've shown the ability to, to be able to get to him. 
and uh, you've got a healthy watt as well. So let's see, you know, let's see us do it again. I feel like we can get to him one more time, and that's all we need. All we need to do is get to him one more time, and mm-hmm. you're, you're moving on to bigger and better things. <sighs> all right. Well, we'll stay hopeful, but, man. Nothing was surprised. All right, let's move on to the other game from Saturday. Tennessee. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at schedule for next week. Tennessee at New England was a Saturday night game. And, oh, boy. (laughs) Tennessee 20, New England 13. Shocking the world? I don't feel like it was that shocking because a bunch of experts I follow on Twitter and on ESPN said New, um, Tennessee had a bunch of, had a real chance at winning this game, and they they went in and won this game because New England. I just want to stop right now and say I know people talk about oh Tom Brady didn't have any receivers and. No one can get separation, and but shit, I watched that game. Anytime they actually got separate separation, Tom Brady would throw the ball further away from them than they were from the defender. So he, he was, was overthrowing. He was overthrowing. He was complete. He was inaccurate. Um, the and of course the ones that he got accurate, his receiver dropped. And that entire game, Tom Brady just looked like an old man, and they only scored thirteen points. Did you watch this game? I didn't. I was uh, busy, too busy getting out of the stadium. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> it, took, it felt like two hours. To uh, okay. So you, this is all you need to know. Two, one, Bray looked like an old man. He looked completely washed up. And two, Derrick Henry is a problem. The best. I mean, and look. The only I time no shocking. the only time Derrick Henry got stopped is when he tripped over his own feet behind the line of scrimmage. Any other time, he just ran into those uh, the Patriots and just ran bowled them over. There was no way they could stop that man one on one. You need at least three guys to slow his momentum, let alone bring him down. I you know I asked if this if this was you know a, a shocking victory for the sake of the discussion. In my opinion, it wasn't very shocking. I mean, you have a, a Tom Brady that's getting older, skills are diminished, lack of weapons, you know, whatever, going up against the best running attack in football. Like pure, like, like traditional running attack. Like, because mm-hmm. someone argue Lamar Jackson, you know, changes that for, for Baltimore. But yeah. Just at the running back position, it's the best in football. Derrick Henry is was the top rusher this season. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanks and, to that Texans game, no one cared about. Yeah, and has show and clearly showed no signs of slowing down. He gained what 187 yards in the game, rushing. Ooh, I'm about to look that up. Hold on one second. 182. You're right. Yeah, it was an insane number of rushing yards. And then you have a competent quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill. 
to kind of, you know, manage the rest of that, you know, manage the rest of the game. And you've got a guy, Mike Vrabel, who coached for the, was a coach with the Patriots. He's familiar with that system. Former player. Former player. I mean, it had all the makings for Tennessee to, to get that win and, and do so in an unsurprising manner. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots defense did well standing up to Tennessee. They had the bend but don't break defense. But the Patriots defense that showed up last Saturday was not the elite one that had been here, you know, the entire, the rest of the season. I don't know what happened to um, – uh, what's their cornerback's name? Gilmore? Stephon Gilmore? Yeah, Stephon Gilmore. He was in running for a defensive player of the year until like week 13. And then I don't know if he's injured. I don't know if teams figure him out. But he was just not the same player leading up to his last couple weeks heading into the playoffs. Well, I mean, I think that's another element. I mean, this this team was – that team was carried mainly by the defense all year. Mm, Yes. At some point, that defense is going to burn out, man. I mean, if if you're relying – solely on the defense to, you know, to keep you in the game, to win the game. Something's got to give it, you know, at some, at some point. And it tends to happen at the worst times, namely the playoffs. Yeah, that's what happened. And the, the offense couldn't be trusted to score any points. The defense broke. And I wouldn't even say the defense really broke because they had, Tennessee only had 14 points in a game. They, only, they got to 20 because of the pick six. Um, that Brady and if Brady's last pass as a Patriot is a pick six, I will laugh myself into heaven. Or hell, <laughs> depending on how I feel. Um, so speaking of Brady, what do you think his future holds? Where where do you think he'll be in the start of the 2020 season? I think he starts 2020 um, starting quarterback mm-hmm. for the New England Patriots. I feel like. He put himself in that position to do so. Like, what other option does New England have at this point? They got rid of Garoppolo, Mm -hmm. who was was clearly good enough, would have been good enough to, to, um, you know, carry carry the mantle, carry the torch or whatever, take the reins when Brady's time was up. Yeah. Um, Let's not forget about Jacoby Brissett as well. Yeah, and so you're, you know, you no longer have those two guys who are now number one starters for other teams. There's no mention of like, nobody was talking about his backup during the year or talking about his backup as a potential trade candidate, you know, someone, you know, that's that could be used to get a high draft pick or something like anything like that. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have that kind of guy waiting in the wings, I think you know, they'll be forced to go back to Brady. And Brady has always been a team guy. Like, never been the highest played quarterback or even the highest played player, highest paid player on his team. So I feel like he can – he seems like he's okay with taking these, like, lesser deals. Um, especially if it means he's going to be right back in the thick of it. I mean – 
that's what you said, Brady, you know, five, 10 years ago, taking less money to build the team around him. But from all I've heard is Brady wants to get to the money. Oh, really? Yes. Like he wants, he's tired of making these team friendly deals and actually wants to be paid like one of the highest, um, highest paid quarterbacks in the league. And for me, it's like, yeah, that would have been great when you were actually playing like you deserve to be paid like that. But I, right. I can't, I can't imagine paying Tom Brady thirty plus million dollars a year. Can you? Not this no. Brady. He's no. not. He's not. He's not great. He's fine. I think if he if he had um, Antonio Brown and uh, Flash Gordon, I think. They probably would have won. They, let me just say, they would definitely got to buy. Sure. But he's at that point in his career where he he can't make the average receiver great anymore. He needs great talent around him for him to be great. And that's not a guy that you pay $30, 35000000 million a year for. You're right. I was not aware of that report that he was – he's look, finally looking to get paid. He – Waits the like a couldn't wait you know couldn't ask for a more terrible time to do that when you're 42, but like because that's the only thing that makes sense because if he won a team friendly deal if he was going only going ask for some between 18 and 20 million dollars a year he would have got paid already. Right. So money aside, you know that that's a different issue. Who knows? I mean, maybe he maybe they won't sign him, but. And then you the look idea at, that I want ahead. you to look at New England's history of of players, how basically they get rid of you when they think you're no longer worth the money. They did it to Ty Law, they did it to Richard Seymour. Uh, who else am I missing? Um, who's a uh, Dion Branch? They have a history of getting rid of guys when you get expensive, and I feel like that's what's going to happen. Uh, to Tom Brady and I you I asked you what team you think he's going to be on next year and you say you think you believe he's going to be back on the Patriots personally I believe there's only one team that fits the bill that has money and that needs to make a splash because they're moving into a new stadium next year and that's the Los Angeles Chargers yeah that's I mean that makes sense everything that I've heard about the Chargers as well because uh, um, I, I don't know if you read the story. ESPN had a story about a week or two ago that was talking about how their their ticket sales, the ticket licenses for season tickets going to a new stadium. It's like, like for the Rams, it's like over ten thousand, and then for the Chargers, like if I remember correctly, like four hundred, if that many. So they need to do something to make a splash. Four hundred dollars? No. 400 people signing up for season tickets. Oh, okay. While the Rams have over 10,000. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, it's time to it's time to act and act fast. And it'll be a bit of a homecoming for Brady. You know, he's a California guy, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah. It's going to be – it'll be weird. I mean, look, for me personally, I think the reason why I want to say he's going to be in – England is because I like want him to finish up in New England. Like it's kind of weird seeing these guys finish their careers in other uniforms. You know, Peyton Manning and yeah, I was Dan just Burton. about to say it happens. Peyton Manning did it. Joe Montana, Johnny Unitas, 
Brett Favre, Brett Favre. And New York and Minnesota and God knows where, you know, like <laughs> all over. Um, yeah, you know, you, you kind of hope he would be the, you know, the last. I guess it's going to be Eli who's going to. Well, no, he might even. <laughs> oh no, Eli's up out of there. I don't. I don't know any team that's going to sign Eli, but Eli is leaving the Giants. Right, right. I mean, uh, he might retire first and retire, you know, solely as a as a New York Giant. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's part of the reason why I th- would, well, I'm picking Brady to stay with New England. You know. Okay. And I think maybe if they can convince Gronk to come out of retirement yeah, for next I, year, maybe. I thought he was coming back this year. Like he was going to sit out half the year and come back with like six games left. And that just that just didn't happen. I think he's enjoying retirement too damn much to come back. He's making these appearances. He was on the, the New Year the New Year Eve show with Steve Harvey. He's been at Lakers games dancing with the cheerleaders. It just feels like he's enjoying his retirement too much to think, you know, work out and get his ass beat up on a football field every Sunday. Like that's for him like he's still rich. He can still make merchandising and endorsement deals. And he doesn't have to be out there get, you know, with two hundred and fifty pound linebackers diving at his knees every Sunday. Screw that. You don't need that anymore. I'm not now I'm I'm fully in the he is done and he's never coming back. But if they offer him twenty million, I think he considers it. Man, I don't know. There's, I think he might be able to get that off of just, you know. You don't think he get that off of endorsement deals and you know jumping on one of these um, quarterback, uh, let's say uh, NFL Network shows? No, not in one year. Between I don't see the. Endorse- I don't see ESPN paying him. No, no, no. I'm talking about like between the endorsement deal and like those shows. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe. If yeah. you could get, if he get, let's say he gets like 15 million dollars, you think he's going back for the extra five? I'm I mean, not. If you, can, if you can do it by just wearing a suit and tie, mm-hmm. and not a football helmet and shoulder pads, sure. You know why not? Yeah, Go. I'm, yeah, of course. Uh, I'm not going back. Uh, anything else you got? You have anything you want to talk about Tennessee? Because I'm just glad to see um, Tannehill's turnaround. It's great to see it. Great to see someone turn around. And it really makes me wonder what the hell is going on with the Dolphins. Oh, who knows, man? That's like if you're if you're a um, Jets fan and you're watching this, knowing that Adam Gase had Tannehill and couldn't do anything with him, how are you feeling about your team today? Oh, they can't they can't be feeling great. I mean, like, like trash, which is how Jets feel fans feel every day because their team is horrible and they're horrible and New York is horrible. I said it, but nah, there you ha- uh, there you have it. Uh, you ready to move on to the next one? Well, what do you think about uh, next week's game? Oh, or uh, uh, this weekend's game, Tennessee and Baltimore. I mean, I think that's a it's a good matchup. Um, Baltimore. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bold prediction, and I think Tennessee might win this game. I feel like Baltimore is the type of team that needs momentum. I think maybe a first, uh, you know, a first round buy might hurt them. Like, it's such a dynamic offense, you know, 
Lamar Jackson thrives being under the spotlight, all eyes on him, you know, everybody talking about him. And he went a whole week without anybody talking about him, basically, you know, without any focus on him. And I feel like, you know, when you're that young and you're that dynamic, like that kind of gets you going. And I feel like not having that might have, you know, could, might have an effect. It might slow him down a little bit. And, um, and then just that, again, that Tennessee running attack is just so good. Yeah. It's it, it makes for a really interesting matchup. Uh, yeah, I, it's gonna be a good matchup. It's just I have too. I just have too much faith in the um in the Ravens. I'm sorry. This entire time I've been trying to see what the line is, but the place I normally go to get it, the website is down. I think the last time I saw it was Ravens were a nine point favorite. Wow. In fact, I'm going to have to check again. Of course, you don't want to work, so we shall go to the good old phone. Sorry. To, uh, oops, something went wrong. Please try again. Well, screw you. Anyway, <laughs> uh, moving on, um, let's just wrap up the Eagles and Seahawks game real quick because neither one of us have much to talk about. That game and the was, Saints and the Vikings. Well, let's no, let's do this one first because okay, okay, we're I gotta talk I about the least. Um, all I can say as soon as Carson Wentz went out with his concussion, the game was a wrap. Um, yeah. Only thing, I, do you think that was a dirty hit by Clowney? Oh man, it's tough. I, I've only watched it maybe five or six times, and yeah, it looked it. It, it was a bad hit. I mean, he drilled him in the back of the head with his own helmet into the ground. His head bounced off the ground. Yeah, it was pretty ugly, pretty dirty. Okay. I don't know. I'd, I'd watched it. I didn't think it was dirty. I mean, once you take off running, you're no longer quarterback. You are a runner. And, you know, I've seen hits like that happen to running backs and wide receivers before. Uh, it sucks that, you know, it took him out like that, but I didn't think it was a dirty hit. I might be in the minority, but that's just how I, how I feel. But like I said, once once that happened, that game was – once Wentz was out, the game was over. Uh, the only bad part about it was since the Seahawks can't run the damn ball, the clock kept stopping, so the game took much longer than it needed to. Yeah. Um. I think – oh, see, the leading rusher, Mike Sanders, was 69 yards. Right. So is Marshawn – I mean, he's, he's – Oh, wow. You think, he's uh, Eagles. Hold. I'm sorry, continue. Oh. No, go ahead. Sorry, I'm just looking at the stats real quick. Do you think Marshawn Lynch returning – do you think he's had enough time now to where this this coming weekend – the running game should be back, you know, should be better. The running b- attack should be better. Or are they still working out the kinks with this guy? You know, I think, I think no matter what he's been sitting on the sitting, even, you know, on the broadcast, they made a point of saying, Oh, he was working. He was working out and he was doing all training. He stayed in shape, but staying in shape for like, 
a normal person is way different than being in football shape. Right, because he didn't look like he was in football shape. Yeah, because yesterday he had six carries for seven yards. He got the, the touchdown, oh. but that was it. Travis Homer, let's see, 11 carries for 12 yards. The only person that had a decent running night was Russell Wilson, nine carries for 45 yards. So, all in all, 26 carries for 64 yards, a 2.5 average. I, and who are they playing this Sunday or this weekend? They're taking on the worst 13-3 and three team in recent memory, the uh, Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers. Yep. So maybe – well, you know what? If you're playing in Lambeau, at Lambeau Field, you're going to have to run the ball pretty hard because you imagine it's going to be very cold. Um, you know – Inclement weather in that stadium at this time of year is, you know, uh, not uncommon. So they're gonna have to. They're like the running game is gonna have to get it get it in gear if they if they want to have a chance this this weekend. Um, I don't know how the hell Green Bay went thirteen and three. They, yeah, they're they're a popular team, so I know they're on national TV. I know I watched them, but the only thing I can remember from Green Bay is that terrible game opening night against Chicago where it looked like neither team knew how to do a forward pass. I've never seen a 13-3 and team go under the radar until this year. And I think that's why Seattle has a pretty good chance. Yeah, Seattle, I believe Seattle, let's see, spread. I'm on ESPN, use their pick center because everybody's – the other side is effing me over. Uh, let's see. See, it's Green Bay is a five-point favorite. So that's closer than the other games. Seattle has a chance to make it interesting, to stay in the game. I'm still going to pick Green Bay. Mm-hmm. For You know, I, I like Green Bay. Uh, I like Seattle, too. I, I'm, I like Russell Wilson. DK Matt, Metcalf is an absolute monster, and I can't imagine – what it's going to be like if he gets better. Yeah, she's yeah, talking about a guy who was underdrafted. He should have been a first-round pick. And oh he slid God. because there were so many concerns that he wasn't a, a well-enough route runner, that all he knew was a go route. And it's like, you watch him play now, it's like, how the, it's like, how the hell do GMs get paid what they get paid? Between him and then Lamar Jackson, it's like, Y'all are just dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Dumb, dumb. But uh, can I say something about Green Bay that's going to hurt your feelings? Go ahead. Aaron Rodgers, and I know he's been your fancy quarterback. You love him like no other, like a family member. Aaron Rodgers is going down, is sliding. He's within the next two or three years, he's going to be in that same place that Tom Brady. And Drew Brees are right now. He's Aaron Rodgers. Um, this isn't controversial. He's no longer great. He's good. Right. I I don't disagree with you on that, but I think he recognizes that, and I think um, I think that's what's going to motivate him for this game. Like he's seeing. 
Brady get knocked out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees get knocked out of the playoffs. Uh, ben Roethlisberger not even making the playoffs because of injury and, you know, whatever. But he's seeing, uh, you know, Philip Rivers, he's seeing these quarterbacks of his generation that Eli are not. Man- Eli Manning. They're all falling by the wayside. And he's still the lone, the, the last man standing at this point. Um, I think it's going to – he's – I think that's going to motivate him more than more than more so than he has been in recent memory. And I think it's going to be he's going to really step up in this game and show he's still got a few tricks up his sleeve and this you know could very well be the last stand for for Aaron Rodgers, you know. So go out, you know, why not go out, you know, on top. Yeah. Um so you you're picking Green Bay in that game? Yeah, you know, like I said, Seattle's going to have to run the ball more, mm-hmm. you know, especially if it's if there's inclement weather. Um, and if they don't get the running game in gear, it's going to be problems all night. Green Bay's used to playing in that, that stadium, you know, that climate, all that good stuff. Um, and Rodgers, you know, he's still just a tick above Russell Wilson, at least – in the passing game. You I think feel so? Like. Just barely. Yeah, it's neck and neck. Wilson definitely has, you know, the wheels. He can scramble better and, and pick up yardage that yardage that Rogers can't. Um but you know Rogers is, you know, like you said, he's he's getting, I think he's starting to come over that, you know, that curve that, you know, <laughs> he's the on the back nine. Yeah. But uh, I think he's still got one more, one more really good game in him. One or two more, hopefully. We'll see. I think that's the only thing I think we disagree on. Because if I had the choice, I'm taking Wilson over Rodgers. That's fair. No, I mean it's it, again, it's a hard. I mean, it's the <laughs> toughest quarterback matchup you have to pick from this weekend. Because those are still two of the top guys, top established guys. Everybody else are, you know, it's Ryan Tannehill, who's never been considered great. Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, two uh, Patrick Mahomes, three of the best quarterbacks of, like, the current new generation of quarterbacks who still really – still haven't proven anything in the playoffs, technically. That's, that's very true. I mean, you got um, – Man, yeah. we got, you know, Mahomes won the MVP last year. Jackson should win it this year. Right. So but, you've got, but you're right about that. That playoffs is different. And it's the only it's the only matchup this weekend that has two Super Bowl quarterback two Super Bowl quarterback or two Super, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, excuse me. Yeah. 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 So it's gonna be a great it's after the Texans game, it's probably my most like or it's the game I'm looking forward to the most after which, the Texans. Which makes basically means that Sunday you're not leaving the couch because both those games are on Sunday. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. seclusion. <laughs> okay, Batman. But, yeah, I'm taking Seattle in that game. Just There's always one team on the individual round that comes out slow, and – I just think it's going to be Green Bay and Seattle's the team that 
if you come out slow against them between uh, Wilson and Metcalf, it could be a wrap before the you know in the third quarter. Sure. All right. Uh, wait a minute. Who did you you picked uh, Tennessee over Baltimore? Um, I'm going. It's mildly upset pick. Okay. Tennessee over Baltimore. And then Houston, Kansas City. Uh, it's not an upset to me because I'm Houston fan. I'm a Texans fan. A fanatic, I should say. All right, so <laughs> I picked Baltimore and Kansas City. I think Seattle's only one uh, upset. And then going to our last game for last Saturday, <laughs> the Vikings went into the Superdome and took down the Saints. Man, again, uh, they beat the Saints again. Uh, this time, yeah, in, in the Superdome. Uh, I, You know, I think it's the same thing with – you know, it's kind of the same conversation we can have about Tom Brady. You know, he – Drew Brees is still great. I mean, he he had better weapons this year than Tom Brady. But – That's the only reason I, that I would say that he's good. I'm not saying he's great anymore. I'm saying he's good because he still has Alvin Kumar and he has um, – what's his name? Uh, Michael Thomas. Yeah, Mike right? Thomas. Yeah. So he has better weapons, but he's still in that Tom Brady range where he can't get it done in the clutch anymore. We saw this and, this, and really, this year. Hey, we saw this last year. I, I know last year Saints fans want to get up in arms and get about that pass interference that wasn't called, but they still had time in that game to win it. Right. And look, I mean, Drew Brees has had over 10 years to win big games, and he's only won one big game. And he's considered one of the best quarterbacks of this generation. I heard the most passing the, I, yards in NFL history. He's only won one Super Bowl and heard, oh, has only been this, one Super Bowl. Yeah, I heard this on the radio. Do you want to guess what uh, Drew Brees' record in uh, the playoffs is? Uh, four and 16. Oh, wow, you went low. Eight and eight. Eight and eight. Wow, okay. Eight and eight. So, yeah, I'm just jumping on your point. But, yeah, he he's, he has all these passing yards. He's he's Dan Marino 2.0 because he actually won in the playoffs. But I'm going to say – I'm going to say this, like I said before. Saints fans, your Hall of Fame quarterback could only score 20 points on this – uh, Minnesota defense. He made, he had a fumble, a fumble uh, early in the third quarter. He made inter- mistakes, interceptions, and that's the best you can do. You let Kirk Cousins come into your home <laughs> and whoop Kirk Cousins, the definition of quarterback mediocrity, and beat you. And you want to sit here and blame the referees how about, oh, well, it was a push-off on Kyle Randolph. And my thing is like, yeah, it was a push-off, but I've seen quarterbacks – I mean, I've seen wide receivers get away with worse push-offs. Yeah, I mean, and you had the whole game to win. I mean, you had four quarters to get – to seal the deal, get the job done. And, and with a better quarterback, a better receiver – a better quarterback and receiver tandem – well, allegedly and, and better you quarterback. Get yeah. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins is 
silencing the doubters, sort of. He's getting there. Uh, I like the the you know the offensive weapons he has. Stefan Diggs and Thielen and uh, the running back. Oh gosh, what's his? What's their running back? Who's the uh, running back? Uh, Diggs. No, no, the the running back. For Minnesota, right? Yes. Uh, Stephon, no, it's not Dick. Damn it. Dalvin Cook, sorry. Dalvin Cook. I mean, those are three legit weapons that Kirk Cousins has. Like, put those two, put those three with Tom Brady, and they're probably winning the whole thing. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins is finally playing up to the contract, sort of. But it's only a couple of games. And but I think like looking to Sun this weekend, uh I feel like it's not gonna be enough against the 49ers. Yeah, well you talk about Kirk Cousins and being a quarterback that's you know finally living up to the contract. Will Jimmy G live up to the contract? Because because I would say they're damn near the same the same player. They are, but San Francisco has that defense. San Francisco has Richard Sherman, who's Super Bowl winning, you know, cornerback. Correct? Um, yes, I'm, I'm hearing you talk like, about the defense. I'm not hearing you defend Jimmy G, though. Well, I mean, the offense is, the offense hasn't been dynamic all year. It hasn't been, you know, crazy good all year. I mean, they've got Kittle, mm-hmm. Kittle or Kittles. At the tight end, I really don't even know who their receivers are or their running back is. Um, and Garoppolo, Jimmy G, has, you know, he's lost some big games. You know, he's, he's fallen under pressure, but I feel like the difference is going to, the difference maker in this game is going to be the defense. And I think you've got, was it Bosa, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa? Uh, I think is I just call him Maga Bosa. Oh, the the Bosa brother, Nick and Richard Nick Bosa. Make America Richard great again, Nick. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be the difference in this game, you know. And you'll probably see both quarterbacks kind of come back to earth and play a normal game. And really, that's all you need. I mean, you just need a normal game if you're Jimmy Garoppolo. If you're Kirk Cousins, I think you need a a great game. You think so? I, you're right, because the San Francisco defense is better than the Vikings defense. You're correct. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna pick San Francisco in this game. It, I, I agree with you. I think San Francisco's team, I think uh, hold on, let me see what the odds, what the uh, I agree with you. I still think San Francisco is going to the Super Bowl with, against Baltimore. Oh, I'm sorry. My, my girl just walked in here, and she's a Seattle Seahawks fan. So <laughs> by saying that, tell, I'm, tell her I'm picking Seattle this weekend. Oh, okay. Oh no, no, wait! Don't tell her because I'm not. Hey, I'm picking. Yeah, Green you want me to? Yes. <laughs> I, I picked Seattle against Green Bay. I want you to know that. She said thanks. I'm not. And Anthony did. He picked Green Bay. She just said, mm, and looked at me. Oh. Yeah. 
if they win this game, I'll I'll rethink it. <laughs> they would for next week. Okay, but but yeah, I I'm with you 100. I got San Francisco beating Minnesota and San Francisco Seattle round uh, three next week. That's what I'm hoping for. Who knows? I've I've been wrong before. This weekend's gonna be great. I'm looking forward to it for sure. Oh yeah, best eight teams in the NFL. It's gonna be a fun weekend. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm glad, man. I'm glad we got to talk all this football. It's been we don't talk football as much anymore. Well, sometimes watching the Texans can be such a grind and be so depressing that you know Bill O'Brien disease just sets in. I don't feel like talking about it, but it is good to talk about great football, which is what we we've had last week mm-hmm. and then it'll be even better heading into this weekend. Oh yeah. Good man. It's great. It's so much fun. All right. Are you ready to wrap it up? I'm ready, man. It, it was right. it was a good one. It was a good one. Great talking great talking to you man. It's great to hear about your experience at Almost Kyra Lyons again for the hundred uh, NRG Stadium. <laughs> NRG, yeah. Uh, maybe. <laughs> oh, I also saw a fight at the end of the game after the game between <laughs> two drunk Texans fans. That was the highlight of the night. Like, why are you fighting when your team wins? That's that alcohol hitting. I don't understand it. <laughs> when you, I was ready for you to say Texas versus Bills. I know the Bills fans were here in Houston acting a fool, but it's your team. Like, I don't understand it. I don't either. It's like your team won. Can't you be happy? Why is your first default is fisticuffs? Come on. All right. All right. So, wrapping up the show, uh, before we leave, I want to talk about. Um, our next podcast because we're going to do a, um, one of our superhero movie reviews and Anthony picked the first movie. So Anthony, what movie did you pick? Was it a uh, Angley's Hulk? Yes, it was. Yeah. So I need to rent that and watch it. I don't think I've seen that since it came out. I no <laughs> it's, been, it's been a few years. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So we're knocked out this weekend. Um, oh man, I feel like we gotta do up my We gotta do an update about this whole Astros hacking. I mean, sign stealing scandal oh, yeah. with the news that came out about the Red Sox and the Yankees yesterday. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. definitely. Uh, I, I gotta read a little more about it, but. Uh, Definitely need to, to go in depth yeah, as much as we can. Yeah. Man, the athletic pays for itself. That's all I say. About that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we got that. We got the Astros. We'll pro- we will talk about whatever happened this weekend with the Texans and the rest of the NFL. And um, I guess that's it. Can that's I all I got. Me? That's all I got as well, man. All right, so give out your socials. Uh, Instagram at N O T E L R I C. It's a fun one. Only Instagram, no Twitter, no Twitter. Nah, I really don't use Twitter as much. Oh, just for man. likes, and liking other tweets. Yeah, <laughs> liking and, and retweeting whenever I put out the podcast. Yeah. Oh man, but 
DeQuincy is a great follow on Twitter. Don't lie to the people. They're going to go to my Twitter and think it's going to be great and it's going to be just, it's going to be hurtful. <laughs> All right. So uh, my Twitter is Quinn288. That is Quinn underscore 288. Give me a follow. And um, if you're like, we want to just thank you right now for listening to the podcast. And if you like it, please subscribe. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, where else? And Spotify, which, as we learned earlier, is one hell of a place to listen. Where I was going through the podcast that is in ridiculous how many people listen to the podcast on Spotify now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, you know, support the podcast, pass it on to a friend, retweet it when you see it out there in the wild. We'll put the link up tomorrow, probably around nine, ten o'clock central time. And yeah. <clears throat> I keep forgetting this I need to set up an email so people can can um email in about what they're hearing and things they like, what they don't like, things like that. So I'll I'll try to get that done this weekend. That'll work, man. All right, man. Great talking to you as always. And we'll be back on this weekend. Either happy as hell or depressed as hell, depending on how the Texans do in Kansas City. Hoping for the best. Uh, Fingers crossed. All right. For Anthony, I'm DeQuincy. Later, babies.